This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Welcome to another Gangplank Report. You've heard Adrian and Jen talk about the most recent episode of this hit Bravo series. Now it's time to hear from you, the superfans. It's time for the bonus episode of the Gangplank Report. And here they are, Adrian Gang and Jennifer Bennington. Hey gang, welcome back. We have another superfan episode. This week we're talking to Dina Jacobs. I met her on Instagram. She is hysterically funny and a huge Below Deck fan. So welcome to the show, Dina. Hi. How are hey. you? Oh, happy. We've got another Floridian in the house. You guys are dominating me. Born and raised. Today it's a crispy 56 degrees in the morning to get to 78 degrees. Grab uh, your mink coat. <laughs> yeah, I was telling Jen before you jumped on that it was really chilly here in Tampa. And she was like, yeah, it's 34 degrees in Ohio right now. I was like, okay, it's not that cold. Yeah, it snowed here yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> that is one thing I am not capable of. I have thin Florida skin. And uh, it's funny, the only two places I've ever lived is either the Caribbean or Florida. And the, you know, the weather's so similar that you know, I have seen snow when I was younger, the good old Winnebago trips with your grandparents and all of that stuff. But to live in it, I just couldn't even imagine. Yeah, I like to look at snow on pictures on Facebook. Okay, I will, I will send you tons of them of it this year. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I do have a funny snow story. Mm-hmm. Um, we were at Yellowstone National Park when we were kids. And of course, my grandparents were like, okay, it was my, it was my sister and my cousin, myself. And they're like, okay, we're going to take a picture. And it was kind of like dark where we were. And there's a log with snow on it. And so my grandfather, and, and this is in the you know late seventies, early eighties. My grandfather's like, I want to take a picture of you girls eating snow off of the tree trunk. And, and it's a trunk that had fallen or what have you. So we're all like, okay. And I'll never forget for the rest of my life. I'm taking it to the grave. When the big flash went off, the snow was yellow. Oh. Of course, I'm mortified. And I'm like, Grandpa, why is the snow yellow? And he ever said, he said it so like casually. He's like, a bear, a bear. <laughs> what about the bear? What about the bear? He's like, he peed on it. <laughs> That's so funny. Isn't that a Zappa song? Don't eat the yellow snow or something? <laughs> I, that was probably my only time i I mean no in my entire life and it didn't go great the first time (laughs) that's hysterical oh my gosh okay so getting to below deck how long have you been a fan did you start watching it when it came out i started watching it from day one like i spent many years in the caribbean so i remember like the first episode i remember when it was like a little engine that maybe couldn't you know what i mean right that's a great description of it actually yeah and i just found it like so fascinating for for multiple reasons. One, I was in the hospitality industry for many, many, many years. And two, I lived in a really wealthy island. So a lot of these people are similar to a lot of the people I know. And my husband's got kind of like a big, you know, powerful job. So a lot of these people are affluent where they are. You know, it's like, it's almost like a whale in a fishbowl. 
you know? Yeah. So it just, it was just so, I connected with it on multiple levels and tiers. But the one thing was, was that it was cool because it was like on a boat. Oh my God, there's bitch buddies on a boat. Oh my God, they're making out like, you know, Susie Q and my work. And you know what I'm saying? So it was just so many packages in one consumption of a show, if that makes right. sense. It does. Absolutely, it does. And we found doing these super fan interviews that the hospitality industry is a common theme among viewers because it's relatable. It's something that a lot of us have been through. And you living on an island, I'm sure you were more aware of the industry than most of the rest of us were. So you could connect with it on multiple levels then. A hundred percent. I just, you know, what I couldn't get over and it's like, I'm half Spanish and half Irish and the, and the Irish kind of won in the looks department and I speak Spanish. So when you live in a multicultural place like Grand Cayman, where, where I lived for 20 years, there's a couple of times where like, you just don't let your little secret out. And then they talk smack about you in Spanish, let alone do they expect you to understand what they're saying or reply your little like, Hey, you know, because <laughs> trust me, uh, you know, that's come in handy, but also, as well, being Spanish, I hold a grudge on a lot of stuff. So I couldn't imagine. <laughs> like, bunk. And, like, you know, there's Kat that just was, like, not having it. And Adrian's like, come on, girl, work with me. You know, like, I don't know if I could be all that kind, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some days I wonder still how she got through that. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I get it. It takes a lot. And, and it, like they've always said, probably in every season, it's like, it's just a whole bunch of different personalities. Like, I always try to find humor in everything because I always say like, you know, in my dynamic with special needs and being a special needs sibling and a special needs mom and this and that and the other, the pity party box is right there. You know, right. it's a choice to open it or it's a choice not to open it. And it's just so interesting to me how some people, you know, make that choice you, you know what I mean and it's just yeah. kind of like you know and, and, and it is just grasp the concept listen suck it up buttercup you're going to make you know 12 15 18 20 grand in, in six weeks you know right and I think that's half the reason where Captain Lee comes from where he's like you know what I can stand on my head and you know spit nickel for the time I'm here just because it is lucrative you put in effort a thousand percent can I imagine the exhaustion and the, you know, when you're tired and you are snippety, but everybody's in the same boat and, you know, the vibe just regulates how it goes. If it's a negative vibe, it's contagious. If it's a positive vibe, it's contagious. But to keep that mainstream, I couldn't imagine how it could happen, you know? Yeah. Well, if I could let you guys in on a little secret on how I managed to not completely lose my shit on season one, it was because I realized, and Dina, you can vouch for me here, that ending up in a jail in the Caribbean was not in my best interest. <laughs> of course. I, I'm smart enough to know that all of the things that went through my brain as possible outlets or um, solutions that might be somewhat not mainstream, really, more like a Goodfellas movie would not bode well for me finishing out the season or not ending up in a Caribbean jail. And that's pretty much the last place that I wanted to be. I mean, St. Martin's a nice island. I've never seen the jail. Don't ever intend to. <laughs> I'm going to say three prisoners escaped out of Cayman one, one year with the World Cup. That was beautiful. It's so funny that you mentioned that because uh, 
my guardianship paperwork is in for my sister. And uh, my lawyer was like, hey, Gina, like, because I did a background check not that long ago and it's all dated and whatever. So it made me laugh when she was like, so like you haven't gotten a felon. I was like, well, the neighbors haven't walked in the yard yet. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know they haven't kept my ass with my son yet, but you know, today's a new day. You know, but, you know. That's funny. So, okay, we've got three franchises now. Of the three franchises, what's your favorite? And who's your favorite captain? It doesn't have to be with your favorite franchise. Okay, I have so many things. Okay, probably my favorite is probably the Below Deck OG. I, mm-hmm. I love them all. Captain Glenn to me, I can relate to him because he reminds me of like so many quirky Canadians I've worked with. All the Canadians are like a little quirky. You know, but probably my favorite captain is Captain Lee. I actually went to Boca. He had a little like uh, meet and greet, and mm-hmm. uh, it was a, it was before the pandemic. And Colin was there. He was the sweetest guy. He was trying. You know, you could buy like the like the ticket prices were like seventy bucks or like for one hundred and fifty. You can take a picture with Captain Lee and all of that. I went with my two friends, and I was like, oh my god, this is gonna be amazing. Then of course we get there, and they're like, yeah, we don't watch the show. And I'm like, oh. That was a little bit of agony because when it was over, they were like, let's go, let's go, let's go. I'm like, oh, I need to talk to this guy and that guy. (laughs) So remember, before you purchase tickets to invite somebody somewhere, make sure they watch the show. Yeah. But uh, that was a great interaction. And it was, to me, it was money well spent. And he was just talking about, you know, how, honestly, I feel like if I knew that this existed back in the day when I was young, I probably would have tried my hand at it. And it's interesting because like, I've been on a handful of yachts, not many, but it's almost like to go for lunch. One of the perks with my husband working at the Port Authority, you can go up to the cruise ships and go have lunch. So I've probably seen a hundred different cruise ships just, you know, going on eating lunch and coming back off. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's kind of like the same thing with the yacht because all of these yachts are registered in the Cayman Islands anyway. Right. But uh, anyway, so Captain Lee's probably my favorite, but for different reasons. And then you know, because it's just like the, the elder and, and the presence I feel like he brings. And I did like the relationship he did have with, with Kate. And I do like the relationship he has with Eddie. You right. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think that that's just genuine. I did. I worked with one girl very similar to Kate. So I think that, that, that I love Kate too. I love Adrian, you know, but also too, as far as the dynamics are concerned, sailing is a whole different animal. And for me, I would think that you would have to love the sea to go on sailing yacht because I just feel like it's a little closer quarters. You know, you still get the same amenities, but I don't know how I would feel with like the rocking and this and that and the other with the bigger boat being more stable. But season two of sailing yacht by all means was like my favorite. I thought Daisy was great. I thought the girls were great and uh, the dynamics. Yeah. And the drama. Yeah. The drama. (laughs) I do like the drama. I didn't like the season that Kate left. Um, What was that? Season eight? seven season seven yeah, yeah. we're on eight right now okay. we're on nine season seven we're on, we're on nine no she was at, she was in seven she it was eight because seven they were in Tahiti that's what that whole thing with Ashton that was season seven right yeah so that's season. yeah she wasn't there for eight that was Francesca so season seven yeah. was Kate's last Francesca one Francesca sucked the life right out of me <laughs> oh. I thought that she was just such a I don't even know how to put it mean girl isn't even the right word honestly I think that no matter who it was going to be Francesca or anybody 
I feel like whoever they chose would have been a sacrificial lamb anyway, because so much of the audience was attached to Kate that whoever it was that they got wasn't going to last and they didn't intend it that way because again so many people were attached to Kate in that role that whoever it was that they chose for that job to replace her would have just been never good enough and I feel bad for Francesca on that level I also think much like me she took her job very seriously and maybe if Francesca had followed right after me she would have been more likable because she didn't have that same snarky attitude that a lot of people were used to so I think that the snarkiness took away from some of the things that maybe would have made her unlikable you know what I mean like I think it all balances out in the end but I feel bad for Francesca because I feel like at the end of the day she was good at her job she was just taking it more seriously than her predecessor and I think that that ended up being a negative in her column just because she wasn't her predecessor so I think she was pretty good at her job I think it was just bad timing for her and if she had been on a brand new series people would have given her more of a shot because she wasn't trying to fill somebody else's shoes if that makes sense well here's the question for you Adrian. then so like I understand yours was a little rough because you had you know big personalities and and again this is like people who chose to work when they chose to work you know and I, I get all of that but if you're given the opportunity, would you blatantly choose a favorite like Francesca chose? And I'm not saying that, uh, oh gosh, what was the other Sue's name? Who else was there? Elizabeth? Elizabeth. Okay, I'm not saying Elizabeth didn't make her mistakes. I'm not saying she was a little flighty and all of these other things. But also as well, like to blatantly choose the, the teacher's pet. Like, is that like common? Or if given the opportunity that say, you had the choice to choose a teacher's pet or I don't, you know, it was the favoritism that bothered me as well, you know, and I get it because Elizabeth just kept messing up and messing up and messing up. They like really zoned in on that. But was you know. Ashling was the other right. two on that. Yeah. And I feel like, here's the thing. I didn't have the option of this on my Correct. season. I didn't um, <laughs> but if the I, option was there, do you tend to pick a favorite? I wouldn't say a favorite, but an ally. I feel like the difference being somebody you oh, feel like is going to go through it with you as opposed to be against you. And I see where she was coming from. I would have probably played it a little bit differently. Again, that option wasn't presented to me on my season. <laughs> it would have been really nice if I had that, but that was not the case. I see what you're saying with the favoritism aspect of it. And maybe it was played up and edited a little bit more to that style than maybe was happening in reality or day to day. I would have been frustrated as shit if I had to work with Elizabeth. And I actually worked on a boat recently where Elizabeth was on maybe one or two stews before me. And I was told that she was just atrocious, that she was just awful and spent most of her time on Instagram instead of doing her damn job. And I could see how for somebody who is actually trying to get the job done, like Francesca or myself, how that would be massively frustrating when you've got somebody who's so focused on something else and not actually focusing on their job. She lasted, I think for like a week and then she got flown home because she was just terrible. So 
it doesn't shock me that she was not a favorite for the person who was in charge of her job. And although, again, I probably would have played that a little bit differently myself, I can't blame Francesca for just being throwing up her hands because that's what I did with Sam too. People have given me shit for years about not working better or managing my own management style better with Sam, but there are some people that it's just impossible to motivate. There's nothing yeah. that I'm going to say or do. And what I really feel like with my season, especially is that Sam was given a mildly different impression of what she was there to do. I don't think she was fully aware that she was actually going to have to perform a function and do a, a full job the whole time that she was on my charters. And to this day, I've, I still have people chastising me for the way that I managed her, but still to this day, nobody has presented a better way to do it. So, I mean, I'm, I'm open to suggestions, but... <laughs> Yeah, well, see, and, and, and again, I'm going to refer only because, like I said, I lived in a foreign country for many years, and I can understand, like, the clickiness of it because they're from the same country, because, you know, when I lived in, in the Caymans and I had my industry, I had my American friends, I had my Venezuelan friends, I had my South African friends, you know what I'm saying, and it was just like whenever you went to, you know, your Indian friends or what have you, whenever, you know, you went over to their house for a beer or went out to the bar, there was, like, six from their country, so I can understand, you know, almost a favoritism in that aspect because you know they come or from a camaraderie that might yeah. be missing somewhere else not necessarily favoritism but camaraderie that you have with somebody who's from where you're from that's why I was so surprised that you had such a hard time with these you know because I think your season is probably the season with the most Americans on the boat you know, uh, all of us, even, I mean, including Ben, who still carries a U.S. passport, even though he's, his family's British, like, we were all Americans at that point in time, legally speaking, they had not figured out how to get foreign crew on the boat, so. Okay. Yeah. And it's just so funny, the one that's like, you know, maybe the multiculture, I, I love that aspect about the show as well, with like everybody you know, uh, needing to figure out everybody else, just, you know, just where they're from and, and how their culture is different. Like, that's the one thing that I adored about the Cayman Islands, you know? And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just so funny because it was just like, you had the toughest time and it was all American. So I was like, wow, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I just found that, I always found that interesting for, for whatever reasons I thought it was an interesting aspect. Well, the other caveat to my season was that we, at that point in time, production did not give us the authority, us meaning me or Lee or Alex, for that matter, who are all the higher ups on that chain, didn't right. give us the authority to actually fire anybody. We knew that we were all stuck with each other, barring some massive, you know, health crisis. We were all stuck with each other that entire season. And so even though Lee said, you know, don't do this, don't do this, or you've got a plane ticket home, he still, even at that point, did not have the authority to send anybody home because it was ultimately production's choice. And that has since changed because they realize that when you mess with the hierarchy that much, it makes a very insincere program. Because people know, look, if some dumbass did some dumb damn thing, they should be fired for it. And not just because we're running a TV show, should they be allowed to get away with it? And so the rules have changed, which I'm grateful for because that makes it much more authentic to real yachting. But 100%. season one, we did not have that. 
season one, they were like, yeah, they really screwed up by jumping off the boat and drinking in the middle of charter, but tough shit, deal with it. <laughs> like, it's pretty much the moving way on, moving on. Yeah. It's so funny. I don't know if you heard uh, side piece. I saw your interview with her on side piece. She interviewed Eddie recently. And it was funny because she had made a whole bunch of comments as well. But one of the things that made me laugh is that he kind of like said what you just said. And it was like, do they just let CJ jump on his sailboat? And like, you get it? Like, no, no, no. They like went around the water and brought him back. And, you know, he he had to come back on land because, you know, the contracts and this and that and the, the things that they signed up for. So, you know, it's a pity we didn't get to see that. But, yeah. uh, yeah, they did. They sent a production vessel after him to go retrieve him. And then instead of sailing off into the sunset, like he thought he was doing in some massive heroic statement, they stuck him in a hotel room until we were done filming. So he got his own punishment on that one. But <laughs> he got put in timeout. <laughs> correct. That's funny. Um, so so what are you thinking so far of this season, Dina? Do you have any favorites? Okay, so... I adore Fraser. Mm-hmm. I think Fraser takes pride. And it's almost like, you know, and he gets it. Like, for example, whenever you're in your own section at a restaurant or whatever, that is your area to make money. So you could be clever and funny. And that's what I liked about it because you're in control of your section and the personality you chose to give to people. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And if they're having a bad day or whatever. So my favorite saying so far of Fraser is that like, you know, if I want anybody to wait on me, it would be myself. Not trying right. to sound arrogant. I would just get it right. And it's so true, you know? Yeah. So I really, really appreciate that because he gets it. You know, mm-hmm. now on what happens live, I was a little taken aback, but he was, you know, a little saucy. And uh, <laughs> Andy, Andy was like, a little saucy. And Andy was like, so what's the worst thing about the Chiefs do, Heather, or whatever? What, you, what do you wish that could have been? And he was like, if she just worked. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. So now that he's kind of, you know, because I know a lot of people, that's always been a complaint too with the Hannah, who I think is lovely, and this and that and the other. It's just like, okay, you're sitting behind the computer and you're delegating and this and that and the other. And, you know, at least if nothing else, Adrian, pride yourself in that because you try to get the job done and you didn't hide in a corner and this and that and the other. Even though every time you face these people, you just assume frustration was going to happen because you had your expectations. And then, like you said, once you accepted that those expectations were not going to happen, you did the best you could. What more can anybody ask for? I didn't end up in jail in St. Martin, so I will call that a win. (laughs) Win Win-win. You and me are still felony free, honey. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So is there anybody else? We're Fraser fans as well. Okay, let's talk about Jake for a second. Jake is the epitome of the snake charmer, all right? So the minute minute that he got leave jackhands, he's going to exercise his power. I can't take people like this, okay? The minute... The exercise, it's a saying in Spanish, exercising their power. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that that's a good look or a good move, even though I get it. He gets to tell Raina what to do. And Raina is like a lot of the people I know from the Caribbean, just sassy. Like she said, she will sit there in the closet and mumble BS about the people, okay? Because she just has to get it out. Better the closet into their face. Don't right. disagree with me, okay? <laughs> but also as well, you know, have a little compassion to exercise your power with a camera in your face and then putting this little girl on the spot. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just kind of like, you know, I, I just found that a little mean. So, but I'm all here for the hookup. I'm all here for the makeout. I'm all here for everything. This hookup has like shades of Wes and Malia. Everything. 
everything that, just all the way all three of them just one back out which one is it that backs out girl questions <laughs> galore and then I do like I do love Rachel okay I, I knew that she was a lunatic in general I think that she she loves what she does you, you know what I'm saying I think she is there to please the people I do like the fact that like April and, and Heather have their goofy relationship I think that that's very quaint and nice to see from you know Francesca and the just the visual tension that you could pick up on last season Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying right you know so I think that that's great with them dancing in the kitchen in the hall and this and that the other now Frazier I don't know if Frazier is gonna like and I think that this is more of a uh, cultural thing because he just seems so standing up straight and prim and proper and just the quiet observer I wonder how he's going to fit in the mix with the eagle eye he's got. I can see that already. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if they are actually going to butt heads. He seems like, from what we've seen so far, and we've only seen three episodes. I'm excited about tonight's episode. Me but too. it seems like he has ideas of how he would like it to go, but he's not very vocal to her face like not in a clear way does that make sense agreed Agreed. because keep your enemies close right you know when it was over and he's on watch what happens live he's like yeah she didn't work yeah it's like okay now so that's what you know and it kind of makes me wonder is he a squealer is he uh you know what i mean like i wonder who he's gonna i mean clearly rain is his first bitch buddy is he gonna venture off to the next bitch buddy and if he does how is it gonna hold up you know are they gonna keep their mouth shut are they gonna you know carry it back like that's what, always what I'm excited for, you know? Yeah. I'm excited for the underdog relationship of Jessica and Wes. It's like a slow burn. It's, I don't know. I feel chemistry there and I think they're cute. So I'm looking forward to that one. I know Adrian said that she had met him years ago at a bar. So I, I like Wes because Wes is one of those guys that he will be anybody's friend. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? He just looks... He doesn't look out of place in the confessional. He doesn't look at, and, and he's, he's asked, Rain is like, if, if your girlfriend's cookie stinks, he's like, ah, I'll still be your friend. You know I mean? I just feel like that, that's the kind of friend I want. You know what I mean? You know who he reminds me a lot of is yep. that we've seen before and have some history on is Colin from season two sailing yacht. Mm-hmm. Similar type chill personality yeah, gets along with everybody. Yeah. And he's, he's awesome. I've, yeah, I hung out with him a couple of times up in Newport with some other friends of mine that knew him in that sailing world. And he's a very cool dude. I very much enjoyed. And I sent him a a nice message when I saw that he was on the season. I was like, yay, this is really exciting because he's great. I'm excited for him. I actually, he was my pick for lead deckhand to be honest over Jake he just seems the fact that he captains his own sailboat he seems very on the ball out there I was surprised that they gave it to Jake but Jake has the big boat experience he's got the big boat experience true but he doesn't seem to have the dedication to the industry that Wes does and I could be wrong about that it was just my first I'm not big with putting goof-offs in positions of authority and maybe Jake will prove me wrong but he just seemed not as serious there's a time and a place for being goofy and Wes has had moments of being goofy but he does seem very focused when he's on deck so we'll see what happens if Jake can keep it together and keep the title or if maybe they give Wes a shot at it but 
You know who Jake reminds me of is Johnny Depp from Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. I get that. I dare you to unsee that. <laughs> That's funny. I can't. <laughs> now I want to get him one of those hats. <laughs> Maybe we can start having merch here on Gangplank and send him a hat. <laughs> there, there we go. You go. All right. Before we wrap this up, Dina, do you have any questions for Adrian about the show or yachting or anything? Okay. So here's a couple of questions. Okay. One, every season that like, you know, whenever they start doing, because I think you guys do it normally in February. So like once they start picking the people, do the people reach out to you like December sometime and say, Hey girl, it's Susie Q here, you know, and if they do, what's, what's the main guidance question they ask you? So I have a lot of crew that will reach out to me via social media, usually before they start filming and ask me if I can tell them anything or if I have any tips or tricks or pointers. And I do everything I can to tell them that if you maintain some semblance of sobriety for six and a half weeks while you're filming, it will usually go a little bit better for you. Should you so choose to stay in yachting post below deck filming? Because I think that's part of it. There's some people that absolutely don't give a crap how they look because they have no intention of staying in yachting post-filming. Or they're hoping that filming the show will launch a career in a different direction for them. And that's understandable, I suppose. It's a little bit disappointing for somebody that has done this for 16 years and still continues to do it despite being on the show. But Yes, I do have a lot of new crew who reach out to me and ask me if there's anything that they need to know. And I tell them the same thing that I just told you, obviously sobriety matters. But in the same vein, I say, please do yourself the favor of not taking everything that you see about yourself on social media seriously, because it doesn't... That's that's something that Bravo does not prepare you for. And maybe they do now... But to my knowledge, they don't. And that to me was, besides the trauma of actually filming my season, which was pretty gnarly, the actual backlash of it afterwards was something that I was wholeheartedly unprepared for. And unfortunately, I didn't have a mentor before me to help me with that. And that's one of the things that I tell new crew is like, you can't overanalyze the things that people say about you on social media. It doesn't matter if you are friendly or if you're not friendly, if you're funny, if you're not funny, if you wear yellow or if you wear green, there are going to be people that just don't vibe with you and are going to say nasty stuff to you or about you and you'll see it. And that is really one of the things that I think has affected more crew post-filming than anything else is that people just get nasty. And most of those people would never in a million years have the wherewithal or the cojones to get onto a boat and do our job without cameras, let alone with cameras in front of them, capturing everything they say and do and feel and try to figure out more about themselves that way. And it's really hard to watch because I've seen some people really, really struggle with it over the years and I feel badly for them. And usually I try to reach out to them if I can, just to say, look, if you ever need to vent, I'm here because it is really rough. And I've spoken. I can't, I can't, you know, 
it's like, it's hard it, because it's having hard. every flaw of yours pointed out to you over and over and over again my show still airs now yeah. and I still have people coming after me 10 years later on social media about it <laughs> like in 10 years I haven't matured and changed and understood right, right, the flaws yeah. of my personality you know yeah they keep you in a little bubble of that time period like you've had no introspection since then here's my next question for that so and I am not a yachty and I'm not any of these things okay so here's my next question how do you feel Okay, and I know that you've said you've worked with Malia. Me, personally, I don't care for Malia because I think that she's just a wolf in sheep's clothing. All right, yep. how do you feel one season, she goes like a thief in the night, taking pictures of Hannah's descriptions, and, and so much so puts the, the, the passport with her initials on it, okay? But then the following season, someone nearly breaks their body in front of her, and she doesn't report it, but it's her job on the flip side to go like a thief in the night. Like, how did you take that or I mean I, I feel like if you're going to take your job so seriously to one extreme and not the other then what kind of leader does that make you oh we forgot you know that's what she says in the after shows and stuff you know because ultimately throughout the whole thing they always said okay you're the department head if anything goes wrong with these people here I'm coming after you that's always been a given across the board with the low deck right. right it's a very special kind of Malia time law is what that is. Oh, nice. <laughs> I, that's not an Adrian original. I saw that on Reddit, but I, I awesome. have remembered it. That is brilliant. That's oh, all right. Kudos that. to you to passing it on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what do you think about that? Last season for her was her redemption season. She got a good edit. She's much more Machiavellian than any of the characters we've seen and she knows what the audience wants i think she thought she was going to get an atta girl for being you know caring about the boat and right. all of that stuff and when it kicked back she changed course and she's good at her job i've always said that but she is highly aware of the cameras highly aware of audience response and i don't think what we got this season was genuine introspection. I mean, I know some people have that. I don't think that there was enough time in between the two for her to do that drastic of a personality change in real exactly. life. Yeah. Even when she was consoling uh, Lexi, you know, Lexi's a whole different thing, but when, when she was like, you know, had the opportunity, even that came to, across to me contrived, mm -hmm. you know, and Lexi said it later, I think on the show, like you weren't sincere. Right. You know, and I could see how she could feel that, mm -hmm. you know, because it's like, you know, oh, look, there's the camera, you know, anyway. Yeah, I okay. think we saw a real version of her in the fight with Lexi right. when she went and turned off the heater on the hot tub. I think that we got a glimpse of the real her. She let it slip for a minute. And this is what kills me. She's like, Lexi's not drowning at my watch, but David's going to break every bone on your watch and you forget to say it. <laughs> Yep. You know, okay. You know, she just wants to be the imitation hero. Yeah. You know what I mean? I gotcha. Mm -hmm. It's better to be the true blue humble hero than the imitation hero because, you know, it's yep. a little bit of a cheaper version. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. So then my next question is, and this one is one to be heard. Why does production or below deck or whatever always show you guys changing shirts? 
did they thought that it would just be like, okay, a filler? Or did they thought that they would just say this is part of yachting and they change 16 times a day? Like, what was the purpose, you know? Great question. <laughs> still don't know the answer because I still get comments from people <laughs> online about nice cheese drink. Yeah. Still don't know what the purpose of it. I mean, yes, we change constantly, but I feel like just getting on the radio and saying everybody get into your whites is sufficient. But maybe it's the closest version of porn that we get on this show besides <laughs> the noises from outside the master bedroom that production records. I really don't know. Yeah. It could be too to go with the timeline. Okay. The whites are drop off. The darks are nighttime. You know, the polos are while they're there. So maybe to make it a little bit more conceivable for the audience. I was just curious. You know, that was my thought of why they would do it. I had, they weren't supposed to film anything in our rooms unless we were having conversations with people. Like that's what they told us when we started filming is like, don't worry, we're not going to show anything that happens in your room unless you go in there to talk to one of the other cast members, then we'll follow you, you know, but generally when that's happening, you're not undressing. Like the one place they didn't follow us was the bathroom. That's the only one place that they never followed us was the bathroom. And we were allowed to take our microphones off for that because nobody wants to hear what happens in there. You know what I mean? Like that's the one moment of privacy that you did have. Well, they didn't with Mr. Dobson. Uh, Well, there's several of them since then that they have, they have not uh, muffled the sound. I have heard though, if you got two or more people in the bathroom, you're allowed to uh, go in there with cameras. You know, and, and I felt bad when, when Sandy barged in. I like Sandy as a captain. I wasn't too keen on her. But then, and, and everybody says that, like, you know, Sandy yelled at Malia or whatever. I thought that Sandy's reaction would have been the same as mine. Because, again, like, she holds her in such a high regard, the superstar and the mentor lady. And you know what I mean? I, I wasn't mad at Sandy for that. Because, like, frustration gets the best of you. And she, she even said on What's What Happens Live, she was like, look, when I saw that ball again, I was even more angry because I saw the ball, you know? Yeah. And wasn't told about it. You know, so I don't condone Sandy for that. All yeah. right. And then two last questions. And then, and then uh, I know you got girls have to go. All right. So my, my second to last question is, how does it work? with residuals because the other day there was one of the guys that was on, on another Bravo show and he, he took a picture of his residual check for like five dollars and fifty cents from like some show he was on in 1980 which just made me giggle and he was like the residual checks keep coming but it was like five dollars <laughs> and eighty cents does the same thing pertain to you guys unfortunately no because we are not union and because reality tv is considered something different we're not only are we not sag actors considered sag because we're not actors we also don't get residuals i was one of the people that helped put the show together from the beginning and so i did a lot of the production stuff in advance of us actually filming the show But the moment that I signed the contract to become a cast member, I was no longer part of production and didn't have any rights to any of that kind of stuff. So the people that get residuals are the people that, like Rebecca, who created the show, and the producers who had something to do with the making of the show, but us as, I mean, unless the contract has changed since I signed it, us as cast members do not get residuals, unfortunately. I would think they changed it. I, I don't know wow that's incredible to me okay, yeah so. because the the reruns I get nothing from I mean I get a, a whole host of new shit on social media for it but I don't get any money <laughs> your dues are paid through trolls oh, yeah, you- exactly <laughs> 
Oh, you poor dear. Oh, okay. All right. Okay, you had one more, you said? Well, my only question was, was that, do they try to maintain the same production crew throughout the whole, like from day one with you, is it the same production crew that's currently filming on season nine? So there's a lot of people that are very much the same. Some of the producers have come and gone from the beginning, I believe with Below Deck Mediterranean, Nadine has been the producer and she's been there the entire time. So the upper level staff pretty much remains the same. A lot of the camera operators that were on my season are still very much active and sound engineers, Brian and a couple of those other guys have also stayed on with Below Deck because it's become a year round gig for them. So I think at the beginning, it was a little bit harder to hold on to people because it wasn't a full-time full calendar year for them. But I think now they've got some great people that just keep traveling with them because they bounce from one franchise to the next filming. So yeah, I think it's a lot of the same people now, but like I said, at the beginning, it was a little bit harder to keep people because it wasn't a full-time gig and they all run off to do other projects. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, that's nice. And do you keep in touch with anybody? I do. I still see Ben when I'm down in Fort Lauderdale. I don't live in Fort Lauderdale anymore, so I don't run into as many of the below deck people as I used to. I still talk to Bobby. Tiffany is one of my best friends. I was just with her last weekend over in Jupiter, where she lives now. And so oh, there's... I live oh, yeah. the oh, there you go. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of people that I stay in touch with on a regular basis, but I don't necessarily see in person all the time because we're all traveling constantly. Sure. But there's definitely people that I go out of my way to stay in touch with because they're, they're awesome. Yay. I guess for the most part, like yawning is, if they're going to compare it to anything, would it be like private airplane stewardesses? You know what I'm saying? If you were to do any kind of comparison or is there just no comparison to you to yachting? It's more like traveling carny shows, but <laughs> um, <laughs> more of a circus than anything else. Oh, that's so funny. That's yeah. so- Very good. Well, thank you so much for coming by and doing this, Dina. It was great talking to you and getting to know you even better. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Like I said, this is my claim to fame. You know, <laughs> the photo has a stump. You'll have to tell your sister now that you get to be the diva for a day. <laughs> there you go. That will never happen. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. And if you want to be like Dina, just write us at gangplankreport at gmail.com or hit us up on IG or Twitter. And we will catch you next week for the recap. Thanks guys. Bye. Bye. Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below music and lyrics by Angel, Twitter, Frail, and Terry Abbott performed by Lorelei of Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Super fan intro by Blind Lawrence. Cast off me hearties.